Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksacker. We have a fantastic episode coming up for you tonight. Are all dark entities evil? We're going to be talking a lot about shadow people, of course, because this is where this topic really comes into play. And a lot of people automatically think that they see some dark wisp go through their room or something dark standing in the corner, that it is automatically evil. And we're going to do what we can to dispel that because, yeah, not all of these things are evil. Sure, some of them are. I'm not going to deny that. There are many people out there that have had some very nasty uh, shadow people experiences or experiences with uh, evil entities. It, it does happen, but there are many, many cases in which these dark colored, for lack of a better term, entities, because they come off very shadowy and dark in nature, that many times are just very, very benign. Now, this is kind of inspired by the recent Hunter Road Media video that was just released yesterday almost essentially the same sort of title, you know, are all dark entities evil? Um, and then I have some other stuff on there about shadow people, demons, what have you. And even before that video went live, it just, it blew up. <laughs> uh, there was, it was already getting a bunch of comments, uh, you know, people basically assuming what the, what the video was going to be about and started commenting and putting their own opinions uh, within that. We did a premiere with that video on the Hunter Road Media channel. And then, of course, it followed up with a bunch of comments after that. So what that video was was five lies about uh, dark entities. So um, it got into whether or not they're all evil, demonic, um, are they of God, uh, that sort of stuff, and really how that kind of dark presence just it makes people feel a certain mood or they fear what they don't understand we're going to get into all of those sorts of things we're going to get into a lot of different examples and stories and what have you so i'll definitely be interested in your commentary tonight your feedback your questions quarantine ghost is down there in the chat to uh, handle all those questions from you and send them my way uh he or she or whatever they may be down there uh a ghost uh they handle that very well <laughs> and so we appreciate it but just a moment before we dive into all that gotta let you know this this episode of beyond the shadows brought to you by hunter road roast it helps you hunt ghosts That's our coffee for those who don't know what Haunted Road Roast is. You can find that out at uh, hauntedroadmedia.com. Uh, the other shout out I want to throw out uh, for tonight is Adam Tiller. You know, Adam is usually lurking in the chat. He and his wife are on vacation uh, this week. So unfortunately, he's probably not going to be watching live. If he is, Adam, I mean, phew, more power to you. I, I know if I was on vacation right now, I probably wouldn't be <laughs> watching. Uh, but I know you might go back and probably will go back later on. Um, I put a link to his book, Mischievous, down in the comments below because I'm going to be featuring a lot of his artwork tonight. So our previous show, Edge of the Rabbit Hole with Arlen Schumer, he's a uh, fantastic illustrator. Of course, he gets into the history of, of comic books and had a fantastic time with him. It was a lot of fun. So, But we have a very talented illustrator with Hunter Road Media and that is is Adam Tillery and his artwork that I've utilized for my book, A Walk in the Shadows and other Hunter Road Media books, as well as his own, Mischievous, um, you know, is very, very impressive. So I encourage you to check that out. But let's get into these different topics uh, about 
dark entities. So first of all, when we we're talking about dark entities in this context, um, we're not talking dark as an automatically, you know, negative entity. We're not talking that we're talking about the color of it, that it comes off as uh, very dark black in nature, very shadowy, might be a type of dark gray, may, might be translucent, but you can still tell that it's dark like a shadow. And we're going to be talking a lot of shadow people here because this is where this really comes into play, but it may be another type of entity because to me, a quote unquote true shadow person is an interdimensional being. There are some shadow people that are, well, they might be your Aunt Jane who passed away um, three years ago. Uh, like I said, they're an interdimensional being, uh, what I think a true one is. They may be demonic. We'll get into that. Uh, they are. They could also be an alien. They could be some sort of time traveler. We'll get into some of those different things as, as we go along. Uh, but when it comes to what we're talking about here, we're talking about the color of these sorts of things. Now, people automatically, especially on that other video <laughs> on the Hunter Road Media channel, they're automatically thinking dark, negative. Well, they must be evil. Now, wait a second here. When we get into, I'm going to have to kick off Arlen's stuff here. Uh, when we get into shadow people, now, my very first shadow person experience, many people have uh, heard this story, was a tall dark figure in the corner of my bedroom when I was about eight or nine years old. This is one of Adam's illustrations here. And for those listening to the podcast later, well, I'll try to describe these as best as I can. So and he does a fantastic job of illustrating this particular shadow person in the, I'm being told that Adam is here. Awesome. So Adam's here. Cool. <laughs> so this is a fantastic illustration of uh, the shadow person in the corner. Uh, and, you know, I had no idea what I was looking at at the time, other than that there was something tall and dark in my room. I, I was thinking it was an intruder and that it was about to kill me. I had no idea of shadow person or anything like that uh, at that time. You know, when when I was that age, when I thought of something supernatural, I thought of ghosts, I thought of Scooby-Doo, right? Uh, tall, dark, in the corner. Nope, I'd seen enough movies where when that happens... There's an intruder in the house. It's going to kill me. I'm toast. I have enough time to like gasp and that's it. I'm a goner. It's not what happened. It did something very, I guess, disconcerting for lack of a better term. He came up to my bed, took me by the arms, the wrist really, uh, crossed my arms across my body and then ran off down the hall and then like into a closet. Don't know why it went into the closet. May have been a portal in there. I don't know. Um, I ran off to my parents' bedroom and was screaming. They told me I just had a bad dream, but I was awake for this whole thing. Now, looking back on this all these years later, and I, I think I do a pretty good job of describing it in A Walk in the Shadows, and just thinking about what really happened, was it really being evil at that time? So I've had a couple people suggest to me over the past several years that perhaps, perhaps this thing thought I was dead and was putting me into a burial pose. Think of like ancient Egypt and the crook and flail and that sort of pose. Maybe I realized then when, you know, I was trying to scream and my, out, my mouth opened up, nothing was coming out because I was just so terrified, but maybe it realized, oh my gosh, this 
person is actually still alive and then ran off it being frightened and the idea that it was putting me into a burial pose it was actually honoring me it's a very very different way of looking at it but when i when i look back at that moment it didn't actually hurt me you know people have asked me over the years well what did it feel like when it grabbed you by the wrists you know did did you feel like anything electrical or what have you no no i didn't feel anything electrical it just felt like a person took me by the wrists and then <laughs> dragged my arms across my body like that uh it, it didn't feel like anything special so what was it really doing now of course that's an invasion of privacy you know it's in my room i did not ask for it to be there it touched my body i did not ask for that to happen so yes it's definitely an invasion of privacy but was it doing anything evil now if it actually thought i was dead and putting me into a burial post definitely not anything evil so we're going to take a different look at some of these different things like that this evening it's kind of what this is going to be about so uh Joan of Arc uh, asking, do shadow people ever manipulate objects? Example, move glasses. Well, that's um, kind of what I described there was it actually moving my arm. So I guess I was, you asked that before I described that. And yes, they can. It's the exception rather than the norm, it seems. Uh, there are other stories of shadow, poop, shadow people moving things around. Um, but it's not it, it's not a common story that you hear now you do hear like the old hag syndrome stories of them pressing down on the chest and that sort of thing now that is a physical manipulation that is a um it's related to shadow people phenomenon more of those do of course seem to be uh more nefarious in nature of course because they are on your body they are pressing down on you you know, maybe they're energy vampires and feeding off you. Like it's attributed to the hat man. Yes, there are nefarious uh, entities like that that you could say are certainly more evil in nature, but not all of them are like that either. Uh, Pungi, fungi, uh, how can you tell the difference? Well, that's, that's the trick. You don't know. Um, you don't know just by looking at it. It's just like with a human being. You can look at a human being. You have no idea if they're a nice person or uh, or a nasty person. You know, they could they could look absolutely terrible. They'd be the nicest person in the world. They could also be completely glamorous and be a completely terrible person. You know, I mean, we, we know people like that, right? <laughs> we certainly know people like that. So you can't tell just by looking at it like, oh, that's that's a, a shadow in my room. It's like, um, you know, nth degree on the grayscale. So therefore, it's an evil one. Uh, but that one that's a little bit lighter over there, um, that's a little bit more toward a grayish, then that's a, a, a better one. No, it's not like that. Um, you can't even tell initially by looking at it that, well, is this one an interdimensional being or, you know, is it uh, Uncle Bill who passed away five years ago? You don't know right away uh, unless they give you some sort of, of clue. And in a lot of cases, I guess paranormal investigators, it takes going back and investigating and investigating and investigating to figure some of this stuff out. Um, now, our friend Rob Guttrow, um, now he submitted a story to a walk in the shadows that described when we get into some of these um, uh, shadow entities are just people 
he describes his aunt who appeared to him as a shadow to deliver a message to his mother. Uh, she could not fully form as an apparition per se, so she was only able to manifest as a shadow, but you know, Rob's a, he's a psychic medium. Uh, he knew it was his aunt. His aunt spoke to him. She wanted him to deliver a message to his mother, which he did. Uh, but uh, that's a case there in which that was, you know, he knew kind of right away. Circumstances are a little different. Now, one story that I like to tell is the, uh, the Mineral Springs little girl. And so... For those listening to the podcast, you can't see this photo. This is a hallway at Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. And down this hallway one night, and if Tom McNicholas is down there yet, I know he's been working late these days. He was there as well. Uh, Nick Moulet, Dustin Samario, Dustin's a uh, deep down the rabbit hole Patreon patron. Um, they can certainly attest to this. Uh, they were there and saw the little girl. Now, they were kind of joining me at the time, coming from uh, behind me to join us. And so they didn't actually see the black smoke part of this. But when um, we first went out into the hallway uh, to see this phenomenon, we had heard some noises come from down the hall and went out there. And there was this black smoke that was billowing up from the end of the hall. Now, I've known plenty of paranormal investigators that, you know, they see black smoke billowing up and I'm not going to knock them. But some of them are just like, oh, my gosh, and take off. Um, they do, Some people do. Uh, turn tail and run and they're just they're gone they're out of there they're not going to have any part of it but if they would have done that if we would have done that we would have missed something absolutely amazing and what happened was is that black smoke came forward and came closer started doing something really strange and unusual it started like creeping up the side of the wall on the right hand side and then it crept back down and then it would creep back up and creep back down and then as it came closer it's coming closer this whole time it kind of stayed up on the right hand side of the wall came closer and came closer and started to form up until it became the apparition of this little girl now this you can see the little girl here as an illustration on the right hand side of this photo of the hallway and adam actually drew this photo of the girl before we saw her. Now, there are always stories uh, of a little girl in one of these rooms, actually those looking at the photograph, it would be the second room to the right. And in that room, there were many stories of a little girl or a ghost or spirit of a little girl in that room that many investigators had interacted with before. Uh, some had seen her, some had caught EVPs of her, mediums would go in there and, and sense and feel her presence. And anytime I had investigated in there, never really caught a whole lot, um, maybe an EVP or two. We got more uh, interaction in, in what's known as Pearl's room. It's a room with a confirmed suicide. And another room around the uh, corner from there that we ended up calling Molly's room got a lot of interaction down there. Uh, but not a whole lot from this little girl until this night. And this moment really confirmed for me that some of these dark shadows that we see are actually human spirits you know i'd heard the story from rob for ye for years i'd heard that similar story from others um but i never observed it for myself and 
early back in the day when I first started talking about shadow people, I, I kind of questioned that. But I'd heard enough stories over the years. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it credence. Um, you know, some of these are, are people that just can't fully manifest. Okay. But then I saw for myself a an apparition of a little girl coming from black smoke. There we go. Little girl's not evil or nefarious. She was sweet. She, you know, if you look at this illustration, if you look at this illustration from Adam, um, I mean, she looked a lot like this. She wasn't holy and stuffed animal at the time, but she kind of had like this nightgown and then it was like about the knees. She really started to kind of fade away, but uh, very, very similar to this. So I'm gonna take a few questions here because I know some have been rolling in and then we'll get into some of these other topics. Um, yeah, Nisaba asking, do the hands feel cold um, or strong? And um, yeah, kind of like I was saying before, just it just felt like regular human hands. It, there was like no coldness. There was no electrical feeling. Um, and you can't even really say it was strong. It just sort of happened. Uh, Pungai Fungi, is the closet still around? Well, the house is still around, yeah. Um, it was my childhood house in Massachusetts. I actually went and visited there um, a couple years ago en route to Paracon out in Rhode Island. I stopped by because I wanted to dig up a time capsule that uh, my sister and I and uh, my friend Steve had buried out in the woods. And um, the the woman that lives there now, well, it's a husband and wife, but I, I talked to, the, to her. Um, I guess the kids were napping in that room and she would, I wasn't trying to get in the house or anything. She was actually trying to offer. She's like, oh, I'd let you in right now and have a look around. If the, you know, if the kids weren't napping, like, no, I wasn't looking for that. I just want to get the time capsule out of the backyard. So yeah, it's still there. <laughs> um, but I can't say that the, that shadow person came out of the closet. It was in the corner of the room between that, uh, between that window and the closet doors. So, um, Victoria, is she holding a porcupine? Uh, the little girl in this uh, in this illustration looks like either Adam. If if you're still lurking down there in the chat, you'd have to uh, answer that. Uh, looks like that, or maybe a possum. I don't know. Adam can answer that for you. Now they keep a little stuffed teddy bear in that room where she's at. But um, yeah, when when we saw her that that evening, she wasn't really holding anything. Um, she was just she was kind of more like um you know like hands were together kind of kind of like this sort of thing like you know who's who's down there um at least that's that was my observation uh if tom's joined yet uh he might have some other uh he might have some other comments on his observations down there okay so that's shadow people as human spirits now when it does come to human spirits yeah a little girl certainly not going to be evil and nefarious there are human spirits in the afterlife who are mean and nasty and terrible and evil so just because they've lost their body doesn't mean they lose their personality so we as paranormal investigators also have that challenge when we are dealing with a, a human spirit that is evil and nasty and nefarious. That doesn't mean it's demonic. <laughs> 
And so that becomes a challenge. Is this thing a demon or is it just a nasty person? And we had uh, we had that challenge on the case in Edmond, Oklahoma, where we had Carl Johnson. That was going to be a, I forgot to include that still here uh, for those that are watching the broadcast on YouTube. Um, was from that particular paranormal investigation, it, well, it was a series of paranormal investigations that led to the broadcast on uh, on Animal Planet, on The Haunted. The episode was Monster in the Closet. And Carl Johnson, uh, he's a renowned demonologist. We've worked uh, several times together now, and we actually have something coming up here soon. <laughs> I can't really tell you what. But... Um, yeah, we worked on driving that entity out of the house, and that ended up being determined it was uh, demonic in nature, that it was certainly oppressing Taliesin, the, the girl who lived there, and was starting to get to the point of possession, but hadn't quite gotten there yet, but basically we had got there in time to get this thing out. She was seeing it as a uh, shadow figure with red eyes in her closet, which is why it was called Monster in the Closet. We didn't actually see that entity in that form. Now, I did see a shadow form uh, in her bedroom that was this big black dark mist that ended up just dissipating into the air. Uh, I can't say that was evil or nasty or nefarious or anything like that. It was just a black mist. Um, the air did get really heavy. I can say that. And the cat that looked at it, because basically I was following the cat and the cat stopped right in the doorway and then took off. It may have been something like that it may have been that entity trying to form up um and that entity with the red eyes at that particular location was certainly an evil one that one was certainly demonic but you can't sit there and say that all entities all dark entities with red eyes are demonic or they're all evil i understand that the color of the eyes makes it seem like that we don't understand why with the different color eyes because some show up as red some show up as yellow purple blue i've heard all different colors now um and as i keep talking more and more about this i keep hearing more and more stories with different colored eyes uh, basically every color under the rainbow has pretty much been seen now on some of these entities so let me bring up another illustration here by our good friend adam and that's this one and this is another story that's featured in A Walk in the Shadows. And with this particular story, this red-eyed entity showed up in the bay window of this woman's house. She was working on the computer. And she got up to go get a drink or what have you from the kitchen. And it was just standing there looking at her through the window. And as she moved closer to the kitchen, she turned, looked, and it was still there. And then she'd get close to the kitchen, turn, look, it's still there. And finally, on the fourth time, when she turned to look, it was gone. Now, it's creepy. Yeah, because something's looking in at you from the window. Um, that's, you know, in our culture, that's an offense, you know, um, you're not supposed to be doing those sorts of things, you know, spying in on people through their windows. But was that really evil? No. Um, 
it, it didn't do anything. It just stood there looking through the window. It's it's creepy. Yeah, I get that. But just because something is creepier, we don't understand what they're doing. Um, with a lot of these entities, that's all they do is they stand there and stare and watch. Yes, it's out of our comfort zone. They are invading our space. They're observing and watching. But we don't understand why or what it is that they're doing. Now, if they're an interdimensional being from some other plane of existence, and they could very well be something here that, or something that has come here to try to learn more about human beings, learn more about our speech, species, and are standing there and staring and watching and observing. The same thing could be said if they are some sort of alien from another uh, planet. Maybe they are... Uh, traveling here through it could be some sort of astral projection this is the way they show up here on this side we're not really sure there's a lot of different theories as to how a extraterrestrial could be mentally projecting here or pro even projecting their physical self um, through some sort of means that only shows up as a shadow form well if we are if we are traveling to another planet and we want to learn more about what's going on there, we're going to show up there and we're going to watch and we're going to observe. Now to the species native to that planet, they would probably find that very disconcerting if we're just standing there watching them. Well, we find it very disconcerting when these things are standing there and watching us. But what's the intent? We don't know what their intent is. Just like if we travel to another planet uh, planet or plane of dimension and we're watching and observing those things that are there don't know our intent so we get very cautious and get fearful but we can't say that their intent is to do something evil if they're just standing there staring and watching even if it has red eyes we just don't know so i can't say that's evil um okay and there's tom mcnicholas chiming in uh, who says, from my perspective, wasn't sure where you were looking. I first focused on the door at the end of the hallway. Then I saw movement on the right side. I focused my attention midway and saw her. So that's Tom McNicholas talking about the little girl down the hall. Thank you, Tom, for, for chiming in on that. I appreciate that. So I, I knew he hadn't seen the black smoke, but he did see the little girl. Um, you know, And I think out of the five of us that were there, I was the only one that actually saw the black smoke. But that's how she came into being was all the way at the end of the hall the black smoke and came up and rolled into the apparition of the little girl it was really interesting so but speaking about ones that are just standing there staring um i also had this one as a kid which was in my bedroom now this is not actually my bedroom for when i was um my other shadow experience as a kid when i was 13 years old this is not actually that room, but it's a decent representation because the closet's there on that left-hand side. The door opens the right way into a hallway. So I use this as a, a standing because I didn't have one from that bedroom from the right angle. But um, basically, I would be, was when I first moved there, and I would be unpacking boxes and putting things away, and I would see this dark figure standing in the doorway looking at me. And when I would look at it, it would take off down the hall. And this happened again and again and again. And it would do the same thing every time. I turned, looked, it'd take off. So I finally asked my mother if she had seen this thing. Because I was 
you know, getting a little perplexed, miffed, like, what in the world is this? And mom, did you see this thing? And I guess maybe because I was a little bit older at that time, you know, when I was a little kid trying to console me, call me down, all that sort of thing. But I just kind of asked her, matter of fact, hey, mom, you know, I've seen this thing several times. You know, have you seen it too? And she was like, yeah, I've seen it. And, you know, no worry, no alarm in her voice. It was just a nice little affirmation, and which was very comforting for me because, one, it helped me to realize, okay, I'm not crazy. I have seen this thing. And, two, that it wasn't dangerous, that there wasn't anything malicious there. And there wasn't. I ended up nicknaming this thing Tom you know, for several months. Tom, because, you know, it was like peeping Tom, right? Uh, would do that, would peer in my doorway, and I turn and look. I even end up saying, hi, Tom, and take off. <laughs> uh, that happened for, for quite a while, about three or four months. Finally, Tom stopped coming around, and I just chalked it up to something that was there, I was curious about who we were, and then just went about its merry business. Um, but again, no evil intentions there, nothing malicious, nothing nefarious, just curious, just looking, just watching, just observing, no evil intent there at all. Again, I have no idea who or what exactly that may have been. You know, was it a human spirit? Maybe. Was it something interdimensional from another plane of existence? Maybe. I don't really know. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know if the thing is still there at that house. My parents lived there for another what, five years. And... Maybe it was, well, let's see, they moved from there in 95. I was there for five years. And so they lived there for another few years after that. Um, so I guess maybe eight years total. And didn't hear hide nor hair from him uh, in all those years until they ended up moving. And no idea if the new family saw anything. So don't know. Um, couldn't tell you. I'd have to go back and investigate maybe. <laughs> But again, nothing nasty or nefarious. It was a dark, translucent entity, but nothing terrible there. It gets some of your questions here that have uh, come in. So thank you, Quarantine Ghost, for sending those my way. Um, so can these smoky figures form into the form of a child to be deceptive? Well, I mean, you could draw any sort of conclusions like that uh, that you want. I mean, there are plenty of people that will sit there and say, well, you know, even though it's the form of a child, you know, it's a demonic, it's a demon trying to, to trick you. It's demonic. And it's, well, yeah, there have been, you gotta keep in mind for one, demons are few and far between. Yes, they can try to trick you and you know take the form of something else to influence you get into your sphere you let your guard down you invite it in etc 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 yeah that happens it does it's not the norm it's not it's not what happens more times than that what happens more times than not is you're dealing with a human spirit it would have to you'd have to go back investigate more investigate more investigate more to know for sure now with this little girl rolling from the black smoke. First of all, there are many, many people that had previously investigated there that had had the interaction with this girl before. Um, like I said, we only got a couple of EVPs, but 
I mentioned before that Adam had already drawn her for one of our encounters with the paranormal books. And the reason why he did, our good friend, Rob Guttrell, psychic medium. Now, I already told you about him with his story of his aunt. Well, when he came out to our very first Haunted Road Media Paracon, he was in that room and he did interact with and feel the presence of that little girl. You can read about it in Encounters with the Paranormal Volume 4. So that's why Adam had already drawn that uh, illustration. That's why it was uh, included in, in this work. And to me, it was just wild that he drew, and this is something that's special about Adam, is that he drew that little girl so spot on. It was just amazing. Um, he's done that before with many of his illustrations. I'm going to talk about uh, our friend Kat Gash here in a moment, but he had an illustration for one of her stories. Um, what was the little boy's name? Um, in any case, he, the illustration that he drew for one of her stories was so spot on to what she saw when she was a little girl. James was the name of the boy. Um, that she just started bawling. She started crying at seeing this this illustration. So, yeah, for, for Adam to draw that, and then we ended up seeing pretty much that exact girl uh, form up down the hall. That's, okay, this is a little girl that's been in this room that people have interacted with before, that Rob's picked up on before. It's her. So, um, okay. So, and you wanted to know if there are any power lines, big ones near the house where I saw my shadow person. In neither one of those houses were there large power lines. So, yeah, trying to go the whole, you know, influenced by strong electric currents. No, no. A paranormal investigator would have already considered that. Uh, so, Rick, how old do you think the little girl looked like from the first experience of her? Probably about, I want to say nine or ten years old, something like that. Um, Tom might have an opinion down there how old he uh, he thought she may have been. Um, but I was thinking about 9 or 10, something like that. Um, Pungai Fungi, I often wonder why people think ghosts and spirits know more than we do. Because they're in a realm that we haven't been to yet and haven't seen yet. So we naturally think that they should know more than us. They've at least experienced something that we have not. And, you know, there's... There's two things that, two things in this world that each of us share. We're all born and we're all gonna die. And what the ghosts and spirits have done is they've already died. So they've experienced that already. That's something we have not yet done yet because we're still living. So by nature, they know at least a little bit more than us. But we don't know how much is over there that they may know more than we do. Um, and Sharon Lane, are we invading their space too? We very well could be, uh, especially if it's a, if it's a human spirit and this was their home previously. Uh, they would, they may feel that uh, we are encroaching on their territory or we're living in their former house and that sort of thing. Um, and as our country here in America gets older, and I know from talking with people in the UK, they already experienced this, and people in uh, like older parts of Europe. Um, they have already experienced in many cases kind of working out that deal with the ancestors that are still living in the house. Like, okay, you know, you can hang out here, but, you know, we have to respect e each other's, uh, you know, privacy and, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I've heard of people making those arrangements with the spirits that are living in their house. Like, hey, we have some ground rules here. Uh, 
that we're going to set. And so, um, yeah, as long as that might be a trick that you have to kind of work with uh, some of these spirits is setting those different ground rules. And, and it can be it can be tricky sometimes because some of those spirits are pretty adamant that, no, this was my house for all of these years and it's still my house. And it's like, well, you're actually not alive anymore. It's my house now because I just bought the thing. So, um, but some of, but a lot of them are very, you know, very nice. I mean, you got to keep in mind, many of these are just people. And so you have to treat and respect them as people. And while, you know, they may have passed on, they still have feelings, they may act them out a little bit. And so there may be some uh, negotiating there. All right, so let me get to a couple others here. I do want to uh, mention here real quick for those listening to the podcast on KGRA Radio. I appreciate you listening to us there, KGRARadio.com. And, of course, those listening to other podcast platforms like Spotify, iTunes, and um, elsewhere, thank you very much for listening to us on those platforms. Right now we're doing the live version on YouTube, so we appreciate all of you as well. Um Alina the fam, Mike, I notice I always see shadow people when I least expect to see them. Uh, yeah, that that tends to happen a lot because it's usually it's really quick. Um, you know, it's it's not usually an experience that lasts a long time. For some, it, it is. You know, there is nothing, nothing all-inclusive about any of this. Uh, but a lot of times when we see these shadows, it's like a wisp that, that darts by or a form that goes down the hall. Um you know, the, uh, you know, some of them that I've seen were just like, you know, half a second and gone. Uh, like that one that I've talked many, many times before in here at uh, Johnny V's, where it was just like, I mean, it was tall, thin, translucent, and it was so fast. Um, it was almost like a, just a little black blur, you know, and it slammed into that door. Um, so some of them are just very, very fast like that. And you just don't expect it. You're like, oh, what did I just see? And, you know, it was a shadow. Um, okay, from Carrie Parrish. Mike, if one suspects a demon is present, what do you suggest to ascertain the true nature of the spirit? Keep investigating. Uh, we had to that house in Edmond, Oklahoma, in which, uh, which we ended up uh, cleansing. I mean, we went back many, many, many times. Uh, you know, you, you watch a television show, it looks like we were there once, you know, determined it was a demon, called out Carl Johnson, and then we cleansed the house. No. Uh, we were there for, you know, half dozen full investigations. At other times, we'd gone back for quick visits. Um, you know, so we were there many times uh, working with the family to determine what exactly it was. Because uh, there, there were ideas that it was certainly a human spirit. We did not come to the conclusion that it was a demon immediately. We had, we worked to that conclusion. You know, there were, uh, you know, there was the possibility that it was the original um, the original homeowner's father who had committed suicide in the house and whether or not this haunting, uh, was him, you know, he, um, you know, so we, we went down that mode of investigation, uh, ended up determining it was not him. And then with, um, what was going on with Talison and how she was progressively getting worse and worse and worse and where her possession or her oppression was, you know, kind of slowly morphing into a possession. That was kind of it. When we ruled out some of the different possibilities of the uh, human spirits that could have been and saw what was going on with her, it was like, okay, this, you know, this is something that is evil, that is nefarious, that is malicious, 
we need to get an expert in here. That's when we had Carl come out and that's when we did uh, the cleansing. And um, Carl's just recently spoken with them. I, I kept in touch with them for a few years after the fact. Everything was good. Carl's just recently spoken to them here um, within the past couple of months, and they're still doing very well. So and that, you know, that was 10 years ago now. So that was a success. Um, all right, Alina Fam, why do you think some people never see a shadow person in their life? I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people go through their entire lives without seeing a shadow person or an apparition or anything. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's really, it's, I want to say um, it's almost by chance sometimes that we see these things, but other times I think it's, you know, with the way we we resonate on, on different levels. So, like, I see more... Uh, shadows and apparitions other people see more apparitions and shadows some people never see anything some people see stuff all the time so each person is different with what they're in tune with and um you know a lot of people who who stay in this field for a long long time keep investigating um and keep themselves open start to see more and more and more over time uh where a lot of people who are just you know completely straight off closed-minded don't want anything to do with it um, never see anything because they've never opened themselves to it. Um, so there's a lot of different theories we could get into as, you know, how or why people do see things and don't see things. Sometimes it's just by chance. If a person is never at a location that has any of this going on, then they're not going to see it. Now, the chances of that happening in their lives, because who doesn't ever go to a historic location? Well, but sometimes it is just by chance that they never do. It's a hard question to actually answer because we don't know how, you know, specifically how things work on the other side. Because <laughs> um, there's a lot of different theories as to how we see and tune into these different things. So, um, so Rick Gabbard, have you got ever gotten into a tangent with someone from the other side before? So, tangent, you're talking about like, um, like gotten into a struggle with somebody on the other side. I mean, I've seen it happen. Um, you know, talk. We were just talking about Talison, that girl from um, the Monster Man Closet episode. I mean, we saw her get punched in the gut, and even, you know, EVP right there when it happens, it says die. That was the the nasty entity um, that was coming through right there. So I've seen it. It's never happened to me specifically, um, and the most physical thing I had happen really was that you know, pulling the arms across my body. Um, but yeah, I've never had like a knock them down, drag them out, <laughs> you know, fight with something unseen or what have you. Um, let's talk about a couple other things here. I know there's some other questions coming in. We'll get to some more here in just a little bit. So one of the other things, we kind of talked about, um, you know, some of the different human spirits. I did want to... Uh, talk about something like this here real quick now i know if cat gash is watching she's immediately going to say oh, that's not a shadow person and it wasn't um but it was a dark hooded figure and immediately when people see dark hooded figures um well for one a lot of times they they start asking well is it the grim reaper or i even get the question is grim reaper a shadow person grim grim reaper is a psychopomp and they're there to help spirits uh, cross over to the other side. Um, so it's not even a shadow person. 
And you can't even say that the Grim Reaper is evil. I get that the image of a uh, dark hooded figure with a scythe is very scary and frightening, but he's just doing his job, really. With this particular story, with uh, this dark hooded figure, um, this was in, in Ireland at an abandoned abbey, and Cat um, had climbed some stairs to go to go check it out. Her sister was there, and her sister saw the dark hooded figure moving about um, within the abbey there uh, where Cat was, you know, through like one of the windows or whatever it was. Cat, when she started walking back down the stairs, uh, slipped and fell, and you know she was going to severely hurt herself. But something reached out and grabbed her and stopped her from uh, falling and and severely hurting herself. And basically, it was uh, this figure that this is what Adam is drawn to represent. That now you got to keep in mind this building was an old abbey in Ireland, so obviously it's a monk. <laughs> it's it was the spirit of a of a monk but it showed up as a dark hooded figure um i've heard other stories of dark hooded figures i do feature in uh, a walk in the shadows and some of them do just seem very monk like like that um it, it's been a mix um so the haynes sisters uh they're twins they have a, a couple of the stories in there very interesting experiences um you know the one. I mean, again, a bit of a mix. So she had a um, she had an encounter with a hooded figure that showed up at the end of her bed, lifted her up by her ankles. Um, that one is definitely you know more nasty and, and nefarious. Uh, but then they had another uh, another encounter with a hooded figure in which um, the one sister's son. I always get Tammy and Tanya's names mixed up. I mean, they're twins, and one they both start with T's sorry <laughs> but um yeah she kept seeing the hooded figure in her house and was going in and out of her son's room and her son was experiencing some severe medical issues at the time so for a little while she thought that the the hooded figure was there to you know take him away but she didn't feel anything negative about this particular um hooded figure even though it was there you know in and out of the bedroom she later deduced that this thing was actually there looking out for her son. There was a a moment in the doctor's office in which, you know, they were just going to run the same tests over and over again. Um, they couldn't really figure out what was wrong uh, with her son. They had they had a diagnosis. It ended up being the wrong diagnosis. But there was this moment in which the doctor paused, turned his head like somebody was whispering in his ear, and then turned back toward them and said, let's try these other tests and she ended up attributing that to the hooded figure that was looking over her son they they ran those tests found out it was something else they were able to treat it because they never saw that hooded figure again so they attributed to the hooded figure was looking out over the boy gave the doctor some medical advice and then went on its way certainly not evil Certainly not negative because it turned out to be a more positive experience. Interesting story. And I get that you don't usually hear more of these experiences in which, you know, the, the shadow does something good. You usually hear about all the mean, nasty stuff. 
plays better. It's more dramatic, right? But the more positive ones do happen. So I even have, and I'm going to throw up, um, we'll get to some of the other questions here in just a moment. Uh, but the other one I did include here was from, and this is the woods. So this was an interesting experience here in the woods. Uh, when people ask me, well, have you ever been frightened other than when I was a child? I usually say, well, I've never really been frightened on a paranormal investigation. I've had a crawler incident. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had that crawler incident at uh, Black Bear Church on Olive Township, Oklahoma, um, which this illustration here is not of. These are of the uh, the shadow people in Salisbury, Maryland. The crawler incident in uh, at Black Bear, it was, well, I mean, tension was high. I've played the audio before in one of the videos when I get into like my most terrifying shadow people experiences, which that's you know, the name of the video on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel, but they, they weren't, I mean, I haven't really had that terrifying of a shadow person experience. I mean, the one that crossed my arms across my body and then the crawler incident. Um, and the crawler, if you listen to that interaction, yeah, it was it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts because it slipped in through the window. It's circling us. It was, it knocked stuff on the floor, the bottle. It hit the railing. Uh, the electrical uh, impulses coming across the uh, the audio recorder was was pretty crazy. You know, we could hear it, but um, and there was, you know, there's nothing out there, no power lines or anything like that. It's not in the middle of nowhere. Um, Finally, the uh, it was the medium that was with us, with us at the time. She was the one that's kind of freaking out a bit. You listen to us and you know the rest of us, and we're kind of all like you know taking it in. We're you know kind of going with the flow, like okay, you know this is happening. Um, she was the one that was kind of freaking out and was like, okay, let's let's say some prayers, let's sing some hymns, get some more positive energy in there. So we did those things, and it worked. You know, I, I'll, I'll give her I'll give her that. It worked and it, it pushed the thing out. Because uh, we had created a more positive atmosphere, um, but again, I can't really say we were all terrified in the moment. It was just it was tense, I guess. But this moment that was during a paranormal investigation. This moment with the woods in Salisbury, Maryland. This was not a paranormal investigation at the time. Uh, I was in the backyard of an abandoned house, um, talking somebody down off a ledge. She had it was her old childhood home. She was parked back there. And um, I had I had driven down there, parked my car in the driveway, and then walked back to her SUV. And so we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. And I noticed through the side mirror that there were these short shadow people starting to come up out of the woods and linger around the trees. And there were several of them. And Adam is kind of illustrated here that there were several around the trees. And I, I told her what was going on. I'm seeing these shadows um, around the trees. And so she took a look. She saw them too. And when I saw one approach the back of the car, and I told her I just saw one approach the back of the car, you know, came up right to the, um, right to the rear um, on my side. And I was like, hey, we should probably get out of here. You know, it was because I was not prepared. Usually, 
you know, when you prepare yourself for an investigation, you get yourself in a certain mindset and you're like, okay, we're doing this. This is, you know, we, you know, we're investigating this. We're looking for, uh, possibly this person or that person is, you know, like spirits. Um, you have like a game plan, you got all your gear. You're just, you're just in that mindset. Some people, of course, you know, will, um, you know, do different things at the beginning of paranormal uh, investigation to protect themselves or put up a shield or whatever. Um, it, everybody's a little different. It done none of that stuff, was not in that frame of mind, it was a completely different mind space at the time. So this became actually disconcerting to me. And you have this stuff, at least one, that actually approached the SUV. So she agrees, let's go ahead and we'll get out of here. So I exit the vehicle so I can go back to my car. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around. I don't see the one that had approached the car. But what, and I, and I head back toward my car. I turn around and what I did see, I still see the shadow people around the, the trees. But the additional thing that I saw was this white, wispy, almost spider, cobwebby-like thing slinking its way through the treetops. And I was like, okay, that's pretty crazy. So we got out of there. Um, that was certainly a moment in which I was feeling, you know, it was very intense. Um, it was very heavy back there, but it was very heavy in the back of the house to begin with before we even saw the shadow people. And it, it may have been the situation, um, given the history of the house and, you know, her family and all that, there was a lot of negative energy on that property anyway, just from all of that. So that may have been what I was feeling when I first arrived there. And then, you know, the shadow people approaching, just, you know, creating a whole different atmosphere in addition to all of that. It was just a crazy mix. So initially somebody will look at that and be like oh evil shadow people coming out of the forest and they're going to get you you know you have one coming up to the uh you know to the suv and people could go there especially since it you know felt very dark and it just seemed like the light in that backyard was very dark anyway like it was you know there wasn't a lot of light back there but looking back on it were those shadows evil I mean, there's a lot of them coming up out of the woods. And they had whoever this white thing was with them. Or they could have been separate. I don't know. Were they being evil? No. They were just watching again. They were watching. Just like so many of these other things do. They just watch. With these particular things, I mean, if... You know, it's an abandoned area, you know, and there are entities hanging out there. Um, there's a lot of Native American activity around there uh, way back in the day. You know, was it the spirits of the Native Americans? I don't know. So I could say they were curious, they were observing, they were watching. Made for a creepy moment because they just look dark, you know. Uh, there were shadows, so... We don't know what their intent was. And I think that's what happens is, you know, we tend to fear what we don't understand. And I certainly didn't understand what was going on in that moment. I was in a totally different frame of mind anyway. So it created a very intense moment. But I can't say that they were doing anything evil. 
it just, you know, if you put that into a horror movie, it would freak people out and there would be people screaming in the theaters and some like biting their nails. Oh my God, get out of there. But in real life, I, you know, I had an intense moment, but I can't say there was anything evil or nasty or, you know, something terrible was about to happen. I can't say that. So let me get to some of your other questions here because we are getting late into the uh, show here. Um, so Robert Hanna, when you see a mist about to form into a full body apparition, do you have to kind of force yourself to stick around and not get scared? So this is kind of referring to the apparition of that little girl again. Um, I'm more curious in nature. I know I just, you know, with that story that I just talked about uh, in Maryland there, I kind of, basically I bugged out, but I wasn't in the frame of mind uh at that time to really deal with it. And there were other things that I was dealing with. But um, and with that little girl, I was I was in the frame of mind. We're investigating here. For me, it was a more a relaxed investigation anyway because uh, it was at Hunter Road Media Paracon. Um, I was just kind of leading, sort of leading the investigation. When I do that at the Paracons, to me, it's the investigation of the other people that are there. It's not my investigation. So I don't have a ton of equipment on me and I'm not really into like full research mode or or what have you. Um, but I'm still in that mindset that, you know, we're investigating and I'm going to be a uh, like a guide to those that are, are there to investigate. Um, so if I see something like that during a paranormal investigation, well, that's what I'm there for. Um, I'm there to to see these things. You know, I'm there to uh, observe and research and learn. So if I see one of these things there, um, I'm going to stick around, you know, because I want to know what it is. I want to try to interact with it. That's that's what you do as a paranormal investigator. So, um, yeah, I'm in that moment, in that mind frame, um, I'm not getting scared. You know, it would have to literally, like, it would have to attack me before I'd be like, okay, this is, you know, this is not good. I'm getting out of here. Um, and on a paranormal investigation, I just really haven't had that happen. So not to say others haven't been attacked on paranormal investigations. I know plenty of people that have been attacked on paranormal investigations, but I, I really haven't been um, just, and I've, I've seen, you know, I saw uh, Talison get punched in the gut, you know, right in front of me. Um, so I've seen it happen. But it hasn't happened to me. So, um, yeah, Sharon Lane, what's up with the spirits that hang out in the trees? Elementals? I mean, it could be that white wispy thing. I have no idea what that was. Could it have been some sort of uh, elemental? It was. It was some sort of entity. I, I can't really. I have not come up with an explanation for that yet as to what exactly that was um and even you know was it with those other shadow entities that were there was it com something completely separate i i really don't know i'm sure there are people that are out there that would say that was an elemental um you know it's it's one of those again that we have theories and ideas and we like to attach a label to something but you know, if I was to have stayed there and said, hey, are you an elemental? I, I don't know if I would have gotten an answer to that. Because, <laughs> um, you know, again, we assigned labels and names to things, but that's not necessarily what 
they are or would even classify themselves as. Like when we talk about like different ancient civilizations, we assign them a name. Like we talk about the Hopewell uh, culture I'm here in Ohio, so the Hopewell culture is is in this area. Um, you know, ancient uh, America stuff. Well, that's not what they call themselves. You know, we call them the Hopewell cult- culture because there was a guy named Hopewell that discovered them. You know, same with Clovis. You know, it, that's not what they called themselves. We have no idea what they were called. Um, but that's a name that we've assigned them so that we can relate to it. So if some people want to call white sleek, sleek, slinky, if I can speak, <laughs> a white slinky thing in the trees an elemental, okay, they're going to call it an elemental. No idea what it really is. Um, WO8 gatekeepers maybe? Well, yeah, I mean, if... It, Again, you know, a possibility. I have no idea what those little, you know, I mean, they they were probably maybe four and a half, five feet tall. Um, I'm kind of guessing here because I didn't really go up to the trees. They they weren't tall shadow people. They were mostly smaller. There might have been a couple of taller ones mixed in. They were mostly smaller, um, probably around five foot, I think. And, you know, were they guarding something? I don't know. They didn't really seem to get into like a defensive, we're going to make sure you don't get into the woods sort of approach. They were more like looking around the trees sort of thing. They were, they were more being curious and, you know, watchful. I mean, would they have gotten protective uh, had I gotten closer? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I would have to go back and see if it happens again and test that. Um, I just, I wasn't going to do that at that time because I was there for something entirely different. So, um, all right, guys. Well, um, it has been a interesting show. Uh, this discussion, you know, carrying over from the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel with the, uh, you know, similar shorter video out there, The Five Lies About Dark Entities, has been really interesting. Um, it was a great discussion that was going on out there. I appreciate all your questions coming in here. And I hope that I've been able to dispel some of these ideas that, um, you know, all of these uh, entities are the darkest of the dark and the most evil, especially when it comes to the shadow people, you know, the most evil of all, uh, you know, dark entities. Stop. Yes, some are. I'm, I'm not saying that none of these are evil, nasty, nefarious, and malicious. Certainly, there are entities out there that are like that, that are um, dark in nature and shadowy. Some are demonic. Yes, it happens. But to classify all of them there, that they are evil, nasty, and nefarious, no. Um, many times we, we tend to fear what we don't understand. And the um, shadowy form of you know Aunt Jane that, that died eight years ago is not evil. Or the little girl at Mineral Springs is not evil. Um, you know, even those little creepy things coming out of the woods in, in Maryland, they weren't necessarily evil. We don't know. Um, so let's take a step back when we see these things and try to assess better who or what they may actually be. Because um, I think in many cases, we spook them just as much as they spook us. You know, I've had the experience before where I've walked into the room and it's like I scared it and that shadow darted right across the room. Um, so I think that happens more often than we really think. And the reason why that shadow was darting off down the hall uh, is because we actually scared it. And I think many times when we see them standing there watching us, they're just curious and they're watching and observing and trying to figure out what exactly we are. So 
All right, everybody. Uh, let's get to the shout-outs here. And I, again, I really do appreciate all of you being down here this evening. Yeah.